there, Forward listeners. Before we begin this episode, I wanted to tell you about the Forward Member Insider Program. As you know, Forward's goal is to make a difference in the lives of Christian women in the workplace around the world. And one of the ways we do that is through our Member Insider Program. Becoming a Forward Member Insider is an easy and meaningful way to give back to Forward, while in return, you receive over $750 in exclusive member benefits for less than three cents a day. For more information on becoming a Member Insider, visit forwardwomen.org members. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N dot org slash members. Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. Hearing God and being able to follow His guidance in your life is a massive part of growing spiritually. Unfortunately, though, many of us live a life that is just jam-packed full of things that drown out our opportunity to actually hear Him. You might not think of having a job, raising a family, sustaining a social life, and all the other things you juggle as being quote-unquote loud, but they can be. So how do we get some quiet in our lives? Predictably, it's not easy to do, but it is possible and it is worth the effort in the end. Today, I'm joined by Patty Ross, former executive at companies like Nike and Apple and a current forward board member. Patty is a huge believer of silent retreats and making time for quality, quiet time in your life. And every time she's talked about them with me, you can just feel how good they are for her soul. So I am beyond excited to have her share her experience with you today. Patty, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you, Jordan. It's an honor to come back and to hopefully share some of my learnings and insights and perspectives. Yay. So in the last episode, Kim Vastine talked about spiritual growth and making sure that you're giving faith a place at work. You have worked at some very notable companies, like I said, Nike, Apple. So before we get going, I would love to hear about your experience as a Christian at those places. Was it hard to live out your faith in those work environments? Well, that was a really interesting question when you and I first talked about it. And I had to really give it some thought because when I think about it, for most of my life and my career life, um, how I felt about myself came from how I looked or how hard I worked or my performance how I felt others, um, valued me, appreciated. Um, and then one day there were, you know, similar, lots of like life wake up calls started to happen. And I just really started to realize that inside there was a a layer of insecurity and even some sadness and loneliness. So, um, I realized at that point that I could no longer do things my way. So it was really about 2009 I started to really think about how I wanted to live out my faith uh, in the workplace and what were my passions and, um, you know, what were my values and what were going to be my boundaries. And before I could even gain some clarity around answering those questions, I realized I had a lot of noise and chatter in my head. Mm -hmm. So that was really the first time that I started to get quiet. So, um, it was hard to live out my faith, uh, in the workplace before I even knew what my values were and, and really what the foundation of my faith was. So, um, but after I became clear, it became really powerful and influential and a life changer. Yeah. Well, I love that you mentioned noise (laughs) because I mean, I I feel like what Kim started us off with, you know, talking about spiritual growth, what we're going to do today is really kind of narrow in on that topic of quiet time 
taking the time to meditate. And like I said, you're a huge supporter of silent retreats, which when you first talked about it, I went, what is that? And then the more you talked about it, I went, Ooh, I want to do that. <laughs> um, so, you know, like I said, I mean, that's why I, we, we came up with this idea for this topic and I said, Oh, Patty has got to do this. So let's just start off by having you describe what a silent retreat is. Well, a silent retreat can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. Um, for me, uh, when I attended my first silent retreat, as I usually do in most endeavors that, um, I pursue, I'm all in. So yeah. I literally, uh, found a, a silent retreat. Um, it was, uh, through a church down in San Francisco, outside of San Francisco. And I went to, um, a four day, three night silent retreat. And essentially what I did is I arrived, I checked in, um, it was complete and utter silence for, uh, that period of time, meaning no phone, no email, no social media, no conversation. It was really just me, my thoughts. Um, I brought a journal, colored pencils and my Bible. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Uh, it was all about, I really needed to be with my thoughts and I was scared to death. Um, yeah. I was scared to death of what the process would reveal. Um, but I needed, I know, I knew without a doubt that I needed to go there and yeah. regardless of the outcome. And so for me, a silent retreat could be something like that, or, it could be creating 10 to 15 minutes a day where you go sit out on a bench uh, mm-hmm. in nature or you go for a meditative walk or you just you, know, you just go into a closet where you can't be interrupted because of kids or phone calls <laughs> or emails and just yeah. sit there in silence and, mm-hmm. you know, and just see what the spirit has to say to you. And it, like any other kind of routine uh, it takes time and you're building muscle and you're building capacity to be able to create that quietness because it's in the quietness we can actually hear. Mm. And I feel like a lot of us right now, you know, quarantine obviously is kind of lifting a little bit, but we probably all have a little bit of room now (laughs) to to try to get at least a little bit of a silent retreat in there every now and then. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, but it's, um, in those moments, are you really letting go of the need to solve? Uh, One of my mantras that I've been saying sometimes when I sit down to create some silence is, Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Mm -hmm. And I may just, I may just repeat um, a statement, a mantra, a scripture. It doesn't matter what it is. It's anything that really helps you just listen and, and be aware because I feel like the soul always knows what it needs to heal itself. We just have to have the silence of our minds in order to hear it. Mm, so yeah. to, to heal the past and live fully in the presence, we just, we have to be able to create the, that space to say, okay, what is it that's coming up? Um, being with those thoughts, understanding them, but then also being able to release them and let go of them. Yeah. Now, what, what led you to go on your first silent retreat? Well, I, I mean, it was a a series of events, as I said, it it started around 2009, but 
I started to have ongoing episodes of, um, adrenal fatigue, um, you know, different situations and dynamics in the work environment. And there was just all these kind of things back to my point about just feeling really sad and lonely. And I, I was getting all of these whispers and then the whispers started to get louder and louder and louder of, was I really staying true to my core values and what I cared most about? And, mm. you know, was I being intentional about how I was spending my time and my energy and my resources? And, and I think it was through all those questions I then asked, and what are the costs of decisions that I'm making today? And so, as I said, my health, um, you know, was compromised. Relationships I cared most about either ended or were negatively impacted. Um, I was losing touch with how I wanted to live my life. Mm -hmm. And and a big one was I also found myself unable to be fully present Mm -hmm. for not only my family or the communities that needed me most. So, I I think it was through the silence that I started to look deep inside of myself and let go of these, you know, self-imposed obstacles and limiting beliefs, as well as getting my mind off myself and start to shift it more externally to how can I further empower and inspire others? How can I be a light to what was becoming a really dark world for me? So, um, it was, it was through that process that, I was talking to a friend of mine and she had just gotten back from a four week sabbatical at work and she was absolutely glowing. Mm. And I asked her, I said, my gosh, you look so wonderful. What did you do on your sabbatical? And she said, Patty, she said, I was introduced to this concept or this program called silent retreat. Mm. And I said, I want to know more. And, and it was through like maybe the next three to four months, there were several circumstances that continued to bring that concept and that thought and that idea to me. And I knew it was a message. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided to pursue the silent retreat. Mm. I mean, are they for everyone though? I mean, I know you said you were afraid (laughs) to kind of like give your thoughts, you know, the front and center there. So is this for everyone? And I guess if someone does want to pursue this. I mean, you had someone who told you about it, but like, are are there certain places you should go certain things to look for when you're trying to find one? Well, uh, so back to, first of all, the silent retreat, I would say a silent retreat could be 10 minutes. Yeah. A silent, a silent retreat could be, um, honoring the Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I, I think, I think more important than the form of how it needs to look, I think it's more important to focus on the, the benefits and the intent of silence. Mm -hmm. And when you think about Martha and Mary, Martha was out there doing a lot of busy stuff. I was, I, I am a Martha at the core of who I am. You know, I can keep myself focused and, and, you know, everything else on the go 24 seven. And I think we continually have been given biblically and also just through life, whether it's all the health statistics of women with heart attacks and strokes and adrenal fatigue is that we need to quiet ourselves, slow down, be present and listen. Yeah. 
And however that works for an individual, that's what she should pursue. Yeah. And so, so that's where I don't get hung up on, you know, the longest one I did was 14 days and that mm-hmm. was brutal. Um, it was after I retired after my 34 year career at Nike and, um, I retired in March and I, I did the, the re- extended retreat in May because I knew it was a, it was a big part of my corporate detox mm-hmm. and it was really, really tough. And the first couple days of, of long retreats, I always have a headache. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm super fatigued. Um, and it's because I'm getting a lot of toxins and I'm getting a lot of this performance anxiety and need to prove and protect and defend out of my system. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I can't hear the spirit of God unless my ego and I get out of the way. And so that's why some of the more intense or longer silent retreats have been the most beneficial for me. It's mainly because of my personality and my drive. And it just takes me a bit longer to kind of slow down. But now I do a silent retreat every morning. I start Mm -hmm. my morning with my um, devotions and prayer time. And then I end my day with a silent retreat by my gratitude journal. And mm-hmm. so now it's become more just of a process of how I live my life. Just like I know that I need certain hours of sleep every day and certain amount of water and certain type of movement and exercise. I kind of know what the recipe is to keep me really grounded and healthy. And the silence now is a key lever within that equation. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love how it's kind of touching on like mental health too. You know, I mean, it, it mm. sounds like it's something that's just, like you said, I mean, you, you physically, you want to take care of your body. Well, your mind is part of your body. <laughs> so, you right. know, it sounds right. like these are, like you said, you, you kind of detox a little bit, but you know, in the end it's worth it. Now, this is a very random question, but you know, at the end of these, like when you actually go to do a silent retreat, do you... Mm ever interact with the other people that are there or are there other people there? And like, do you guys kind of like share notes, share what you've learned or does this really just, you go in, you don't speak, you get what you need and you leave. Um, the ones I have experienced, um, I've done a couple hermitage. Um, I also was certified as a spiritual director uh, a couple years back mm. and those retreats. Um, I also, we did a little bit of go away, quiet time, come reflect, but it's also very managed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just the level, I mean, cause you know, people, you, you become very vulnerable and transparent oh, yeah. and a lot of things. So, um, but it's always managed so well. So I've, I've had a couple where I've done that, uh, you go away, then you come together, you go away, but then I've had a great percentage of them where you show up, you don't know anybody when you get there and you don't know any buddy when you leave. Mm, yeah. You know, you know, by face, you smile and, you know, you'll eat together in silence, but it really is about honoring the journey that that individual is on yeah. and how the spirit needs to talk to, talk to them. Mm. So I mentioned meditation before, and I know that, you know, we may have some people tensing up a little bit at that. It is, it is a touchy word to use when talking about spiritual growth as a Christian. I mean, I'm guilty of that. I used to think it was, you know, 
some voodoo term <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it really is something that can be used very powerfully um, as a Christian. So how, I mean, I guess, how would you describe meditation and the place that it can have in Christians' lives? Well, I, um, I have always meditated on scripture. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. or devotions. And, um, and I think, you know, for me, the meditation is less about, um, a certain, you know, Eastern philosophy or Western philosophy. It's more about what is my connection to the divine, you know? And so I'm constantly, how am I staying connected to the Holy spirit? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whether it's, it's listening. And, and, and the other thing too, is I've learned through this process that when I make decisions, um, and I actually shared this with, um, a few of the, the virtual, um, meetups recently is, is I make sure that my buoys are aligned. So, Mm. um, I don't make decisions unless does this decision line up with my, what the Bible teaches, or the Mm. second one is have I prayed about it? And the third is what is the Holy Spirit telling me? And then the fourth is seeking godly wisdom and counsel. So whenever I meditate, it's usually through that lens. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think back to how we need to honor and respect the form of silence. It's going to work best for each individual. Mm -hmm. We also have to honor and respect their means of connecting to scripture and the Holy Spirit and people that hold them accountable. And, um, and, and that's where I've always just embraced and trust that the spirit's going to lead people to the mechanism that works the best for them. Why do you think it's so hard for us to make it a point to be quiet and just still our minds? Well, because, um, we, you know, um, this, this world, I mean, we're in it right now. This world is on such a influx of productivity and information and content and, um, you know, world dynamics. And, and there is so much going on. There's so much noise in the system Mm -hmm. that if we aren't able to control it and filter it and be deliberate in what we allow in, it will affect us. Yeah. And, you know, there's that old saying, you know, we spend time, you can tell what matters to people of where they spend their time and their attention. So I I think we need to be very um, specific and deliberate of who we want to be and our values and what's important to us. And then making sure that where we spend our energy and focus reinforces that. And Mm -hmm. if you're not present and you're not mindful, then you also can't self-regulate yourself and you can't make clear decisions. Right. Now you have worked in corporate America for decades and you are a big believer of, you know, having time that's focused on inward growth. So I would just love to hear from you. What is some advice that you would give someone who is interested in creating that regular quiet time, but maybe they're just not even sure of where to start, what to do, you know, and, and you've, you've, you know, been saying it it doesn't need to be some big grand thing. It could Mm -hmm. be 
10 minutes in the morning. So, you know, what are some ways, some steps you can take to really start investing in some quiet time in your life? Well, I think, you know, starting small is always good is, is really about, um, saying, where can I be successful? It goes, it goes back to understanding where we want to invest our time and energy. So, um, you know, it's about being alone and being still and being open. If even Mm -hmm. it's five minutes a day. Yeah. And so it's about silencing your mind in order to hear. And and so Mm -hmm. that, that really is step one. The second one, I think it's always important to ground that quiet time, um, in the word. And mm-hmm. in, in some, de- you know, it could be multiple of devotions. I also have used a lot of apps. Um, Soul Space is an amazing app. And you can listen to a meditation um, six minutes long, four minutes long. Mm-hmm. And another great app is Abide. Um, and they range from short ones to long ones. Um, she Reads Truth, which is amazing, mm-hmm. is another one I use. And then, of course, Right Now Media is a, another one. So there's a lot of like really simple apps. And sometimes when my day is a little bit fuller than others and I'm driving from meetings to meetings, um, I'll even listen to it in the car. So mm-hmm. it can be as small and easy as that. Um, so I, I think that's step number one. And then number two, you know, really having it be somewhat, uh, grounded in some spiritual foundation. The third is surround yourself with some accountability and prayer partners. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of friends and we check in and we share different, um, scriptures or things that come up or different meditation apps or, or insights. And it's just really great to have, you know, you could do it with your mentor through the forward program. I mean, it's, it's really important to share and have others that you can, and you know, that a, or how are you taking care of yourself and b share what some of the things that you may be revealing, because I think that we become what we love. And Mm -hmm. if you are loving and craving that time of quiet because of how you feel, it's, it's, it's going to actually feed you and fuel, fuel you in a really deep, deep way. And then I would just say, finally, every day, just look for something to be grateful for, to learn, um, to, to accomplish and then to to delight in. I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing when you bring some of that laughter and love and lightness and ease that it really is transformative. And Mm. now my work, um, is so rewarding and fulfilling and, I wouldn't say it's any less intense in terms of what the expectations are, but how I'm doing it is radically different because I had to change first. Mm. You know, I had to, yeah, just, I was just going to say, I had to um, really embrace the inner beauty um, and strengths that, really came through the eyes of God versus my own. And it, it wasn't until I started getting quiet that I started to actually see that. So for me, it was a critical decision into unlocking my purpose and my passion and my impact. Yeah. Well, is there anything, any final thoughts you want to leave us with? You know, I just, um, 
I, I think that as leaders, um, whether we're leaders at home, our communities in the workplace, um, is just that continuation to focus and look inward. Um, know who you want to be as a leader, uh, less attached to the distractions that are ha- happening around you, which silence really helps, um, is it, with that. Mm-hmm. And as trite as it may sound, I continually see leaders becoming smarter, um, wiser, more influential, the less worried they're about navigating and positioning and more focused on becoming and being. And, mm-hmm. and it was through the silence that it really helped me do that. And it was through the silence that I strengthened my relationship with the Holy spirit. And, and now I hear so much more clearly than I have ever heard before. And it gives me so much more confidence to know that I'm not leading, but the spirit is leading. Hmm. Well, we're glad you joined us for this conversation about the power of quiet time and how to use it to enrich your spiritual walk. For more information about this episode, check out the episode page on our website, forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred listening platform and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We appreciate your feedback and want to make sure we continue to feature topics you're interested in hearing more about. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth. 